In James 1 verse 22, God tells us that we must not only be hearers of the word, but we are also to be doers of the word. This indicates that there is responsibility on our part if we are to access everything that God has provided for us by his grace. Hello and welcome to another episode of Faith Talks. I'm your host, Emily Preston, and in these podcasts, we will be discussing how to practically apply the principles found in the word or how to be a doer of the word so that you can start seeing more of the manifestation of God's grace in every area of your life. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Faith Talks. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm making a declaration of faith? or I'm standing on the word, or I'm confessing the word over this situation. And you might have thought to yourself, what does that mean? What does it mean to confess the word? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what confession is, what confessing the word is, and why it's so important. And in fact, it is so important that I hope by the end of our discussion today that you go home and you make a decision to incorporate confessing the word into your daily routine because I believe it's absolutely essential to our walk of faith and to living a life of victory in every area. So by way of introduction, let's just talk about our words for a moment. If you don't already know, your words carry tremendous power. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of your tongue. The words that you speak are either carrying life or they're carrying death. So this is why it's so important for us to recognize and and know that words have tremendous power. The ability to choose and speak words is what distinguishes man from the rest of God's creation. He didn't create animals to be able to speak. He only created man with the speaking ability. In fact, when God created Adam, some translations of the Bible says that he created him a living, speaking spirit like God. We were created in the image of God. We were created with the ability to speak like God, the ability to operate as God operates and we were meant to be God's original plan for us was to operate as many gods in this earth to have dominion to speak things into existence to take dominion with the words of our mouth that was God's original plan and is now the plan now that Jesus has come back and redeemed us that is now how God has again designed us to operate to take dominion over circumstances to speak life and light into our situations through the words of our mouth in the beginning of creation God looked out over darkness and he didn't talk about how bad the darkness was he didn't comment on the darkness or you know discuss the darkness no he only spoke what he wanted he said light be and Ephesians 5 verse 1 says that we are to be imitators of God so we are to copy him and follow his example just as a dear child would copy or follow the example of its father so we are to speak his words over the darkness in areas of our lives and they will have to bow their knee they will have to come in line change and rearrange to come in line with the word of God that we speak out of our mouth do you know when Adam fell God didn't throw up his hands in despair and just quit and go, oh, well, that was a waste of time. 
No, he immediately began speaking words of faith and life through the mouths of his prophets. And he got Isaiah and Jeremiah and all of those Old Testament prophets to start declaring out of their mouth, there is one coming, there is one coming. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And he will bring redemption to all of mankind. And in spite of the dark circumstances and against all of the odds, even throughout the the degradation and uh, the you know the absolute hedonism of civilization where God had to wipe them off the face of the earth in the flood and, and practically start over, he didn't give up. He continued to speak through the mouth of his prophets and declare the coming of the Lord. And we are the prophets of our own lives. God has designed us to declare the end from the beginning in our own lives, to call those things that be not as though they were. And against all odds, in spite of the circumstances, we are to do what God says to do and speak words of life and faith over the areas of our lives. And this is called confession. So going back to the title of this discussion, the importance of confessing the word. When we say words that agree with God's word, it's called confession. That word confess is from the Greek word homologio. Homo meaning the same and logio meaning to speak. So as a whole, that word homologio or confession means to admit, to acknowledge, to agree with, to align with, and to say the same thing. So when we're confessing the word of God, we are admitting, we are acknowledging, we are agreeing with, we are aligning ourselves with, and we are saying the same thing as God. It's pretty cool, hey? Even salvation begins with a confession. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. When you received salvation, there would have been some kind of confession involved. You would have said, Lord, I I receive you. I make you Lord of my life. Jesus, come into my heart. And you would have said out of your mouth a confession that helped you to receive salvation. And it's the same in any other area of our lives with healing, with finances, with health, with our relationships, with joy or peace or wisdom. To receive those things, we have to make a confession. We have to admit, acknowledge, agree with, align with, and say the same thing as God says about those situations. And that's how we receive. Confession is how you receive the word of God. So I have a a question for you. What do Roger Federer, Celine Dion, Leonardo da Vinci, Usain Bolt, and Kenneth Copeland all have in common. They are all masters of the basics. You know, there's a lot of relevant and very interesting things being preached from pulpits today, and I believe that it does change lives and it does help people, but I believe that we've forgotten the basics. I believe that we've gotten away from the basics of a walk of faith. Hebrews 2 verse 1 says to give more earnest attention to the things that you have learned lest at any time you should let them slip. 
And you look at all of those people I just mentioned, Roger Federer, he is a master of the basics of tennis. He would have gotten up in the morning all his life and still probably to this day and practiced his backhand, practiced his strokes, practiced hitting that ball right in the part of the racket that designed it to go in the direction that he needs it to go in. He would have been practicing being light on his feet. And he is just a master of the basics of tennis. And because of his practice, because of his determination, because of his diligence, he now is where he is in the tennis world. You look at Celine Dion. She is probably one of the most well-known singers in the world, but she is just a master of the basics. She would get up every morning and she would do her scales up and down, up and down, up and down, exercising her voice, stretching it, refining it, tuning it. And she is a master of the basics and she is where she is now because of her practice, her determination and her diligence in the basics of singing. And you look at Usain Bolt and he is the fastest man in the world, or I don't know if actually he is right now, but at one point he was the fastest man in the world. And he is a master of the basics of running. And he would have gotten up in the morning and he would have done his stretches and done his warm-ups. And despite any rain, despite how his body was feeling, despite whether he'd had a big night the night before or not much sleep, he would have been diligent and committed and disciplined to get up and practice and practice and practice his running until he got to the level where he is now and you look at Kenneth Copeland or any of the people who we label as great men of faith or great women of faith and they are masters of the basics they didn't get to where they are now just by accident no God gave them a revelation of the words of their mouth he gave them revelation of a, of a life lived by faith and they practice it every day their life revolves around their diligence their determination their discipline in a life of faith and so I guarantee you that if you want to become a master in faith, if you want to become a great man or woman of faith, then we have to master the basics. And I completely believe that confession of the word is one of the basics we have to master. It is one of the core foundations of a life lived by faith. And why do I say that? Because God created us living, speaking spirits like him. He created man to dominate and to live a life by the words of his mouth. Death and life are in the power of our tongues. And so confession of the word is something that we need to practice daily. We have to discipline ourselves. We have to be diligent to do it every day. We have to be determined not to let anything stop us from doing it. We need to continue doing it even if we don't feel like it. We need to continue doing it even when everything in the natural looks like it's not working or not improving. We have to practice it every single day and then we will become masters of the basics. That's pretty good, hey? So here's some facts about God's word. God's word is the sword of the spirit. God's word is how we defeat anything that comes against us. If sickness comes against us, we defeat it with the word of God. If 
poverty or lack or debt comes against us, we defeat it with the word of God. If strife or unforgiveness comes against us, we defeat it with the word of God. If depression or anger or jealousy comes against us, we defeat it with the word of God. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. The word of God is our weapon against the enemy. Romans 10 verse 6 to 10. I'm going to read this to you and just highlight a few things out of this verse. It says, but the righteousness which is of faith, so the righteousness which is of faith speaks this way. Okay, this is how the righteousness of faith speaks. Do not say in your heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead, But what does it say? What does the righteousness of faith say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This word salvation is not just salvation in the sense, well, I'm going to go to heaven when I die. That word salvation is the Greek word soteria or sozo, which means welfare, prosperity, deliverance, preservation, salvation, and safety. So this verse here says very clearly that with the mouth, confession or saying the same thing as God is made unto welfare. It is made unto prosperity. It is made unto deliverance. It is made unto preservation. It is made unto safety. So if you are lacking any of those things in your life, You need to just open your mouth and confess the word of God and it will bring that salvation in that area. That is so good. The second thing about God's word is that angels are responding to God's word coming out of your mouth. That's from Psalms 103 verse 20, which I won't read these scriptures, but you can go back and look them up if you need to. But number two, angels are responding. That verse says that angels respond or hearken to the voice of God. So when we speak God's word out of our mouths, angels are responding to that word of God that's coming out of our mouths. They are going and they are protecting and they are going and they are delivering. They are going and they are bringing things uh, into your life that you are declaring. They hearken to the voice of God's word. Number three, God's word never fails. Not one of his words fall to the ground. The Bible calls the word of God the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Now, a normal seed If you plant it, it can be corrupted. It may not bear fruit depending on the circumstances, but God's word is the incorruptible seed. Given the right environment, it will always bear fruit. It will always bear fruit because it is the incorruptible seed of the word of God. 
Jeremiah 1 verse 2 says that God watches over his word to perform it. So he's not sitting there going, well, you go ahead and speak my word and let's see what it does for you. No, he is he the integrity of his word is to the point where he watches over his word to perform it he makes sure that his word never fails and he will watch over his word to make sure that it accomplishes what you are sending it forth to accomplish god's word is god breathed it contains the very dna of god it is not just words it's not just you know letters on a page or letters that are floating around in the atmosphere somewhere no if you imagine if you were to get a balloon and you were to blow it up that is your breath going into that balloon but your breath contains your dna so if you were to tie that balloon off and give it to a scientist to analyze they could tell who you are They could tell where you came from. They could even trace your ancestry based on the DNA that is in that breath, that is in that balloon. And the scripture says that God's word is God breathed. So that breath of God that is in his word contains the very DNA of God. And that DNA of God has the power and the ability to rearrange and change everything to bring it back in line with what God says about it. When we speak the word of God, it is creating the universe around us. Just as God created the universe around us with his words, we create our own universe around us with his word in our mouth. John 6 verse 63 says that the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And that word life is from the Greek word zoe, which means physical and spiritual life. They're not just life spiritually, but they are life to every physical part of you as well. They are spirit and they are life. Number six, God's word is how he corrects us. Contrary to popular belief and to a lot of religious tradition, God does not use trials or sickness or traumatic situations to correct us. He uses his word. And you can go to 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 and you can find that out. If you go through a situation and you don't know what to do, God will always teach you and correct you through his word. That is why we need to know God's word is because he will correct you through his word. He will not bring a disaster your way and then say, well, that's because you need more patience. No, he uses his word to correct us. His word is what he uses to instruct us and teach us. Number seven, the light of the word of God drives out darkness, confusion, uncertainty, and fear. Some people think, well, if I can just get rid of this anger problem, then I can confess the word because I know that God doesn't approve of my anger and I need to deal with that first and then I confess the word. No, the light of the word of God, you start confessing the word of God and that light of the word of God will drive the darkness out of you. It'll drive that anger problem out of you. You don't have to fix yourself up first and then speak the word. You speak the word and it will do the fixing for you. Just imagine a room that is completely dark. 
There is no light to be seen in it whatsoever. It is pitch black. And you take a match and you light that match. And the darkness moves out of the way from the light of that match. And then you light a candle and the light is dispelled even more. And then using that candle, you light other candles. And you light a hundred candles in that dark room. And all of a sudden, All of the darkness is gone from that room. There is no darkness left in that room. You don't have to displace the darkness before you can light the match, before you can light the candles. No, you just light the match, you light the candles and the darkness moves out of the way. The light does what it is designed to do and dispels the darkness. And God's word is that light that dispels the darkness in our lives. So we don't have to worry about removing all of the darkness first and then shining the light on our situation. We shine the light on that situation through the word of God and the darkness has to dispel. It has to flee. God's made it very easy for us. We just have to do what he says to do. God is able, number eight, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. Now, this scripture is from Ephesians 3 verse 20. And this scripture is often totally taken out of context because what it says here is that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. And most people stop there. Most people stop there and go, well, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think over and above all we can ask or think. However, the next part of that scripture, and you can look it up, says according to the power that works in us. So the whole scripture says that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and over more than we can ask or think according to the power that works in us so yes god can do exceedingly abundantly over and above all that you can ask or even imagine but it depends on you accessing the power and employing the power that works in you and part of that is agreeing with the word of God and declaring the word of God and of course the Holy Spirit is that power that works in you as well but for this the purposes of this conversation us doing our part us agreeing with the word of God is the power that works in us us declaring and confessing God's word over our situations that is the power that is at work within us. And when you when you confess the word of God over your finances, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think. When you confess the word over your body, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think. When you confess the word of God over your broken relationships, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think. But it is dependent on us working and employing that power that's within us through the Holy Spirit and through the word of God. And number nine, God called himself I am. Now this is such a great revelation. God called himself, whenever God referred to himself in the Bible, he called himself I am. Now you've all heard that commandment, don't take the name of God in vain. So listen to this carefully. God called himself I am right? Now we are made in the image of God. Okay. So when we say, I am sick, I am depressed, I am poor, we are taking God's name in vain. We are saying I am, and then labeling it with something that is in direct contradiction to what God is. 
God is love, God is life, God is health, God is prosperity. So when we say, I am sick, I am angry, we are taking the name of the Lord in vain. We are only to say what God is. We are only to say, I am healed. I am full of joy. I am delivered. I am walking in complete and full wisdom. And that is how people take the name of the Lord in vain. And yes, you know, people still use God and um, Jesus as curse words. And that is definitely taking the name of the Lord in vain. But also for us as believers, we have to not take God's name in vain by saying I am and then something that is from the devil. So don't take God's name in vain. Be mindful of what you say. Be mindful of of what you're speaking over your life. So we're going to end the discussion here and we'll take up next week with why we confess the word and what happens when we confess the word. So this is the introduction into the importance of confessing the word. Hopefully you've learned something new and you've been blessed by some revelation, but tune in next week again and we're going to talk about what confessing the word is and why we confess the word and how to confess the word. So until next week, stay blessed.